Welcome to Innovation Calling, the podcast where we connect the creators for the next big thing. We're your hosts, Aaron Smith and Sia Yasotonra. All right, welcome to another episode of Innovation Calling. I'm Aaron Smith. And I'm Sia Yasotornra. And today, Sia, you're going to be introducing our amazing guest. Can't wait to I'll let, leave it to you. <laughs> Excellent. So I'm really excited. This has been a long time coming. Very patient soul since we've been talking about this probably over almost over a year now. <laughs> but I'm very happy uh, to introduce Swami Wasu Devan. He is a uh, former colleague and customer of mine from my time over at Hewlett Packard. And uh, we've been having some very interesting conversations around 5G. And I couldn't think of anyone that was more knowledgeable and more interesting to talk about what the heck 5G is. He's been very patient to explain it to me. So before you go into too much, I'd like to introduce Swami. Good afternoon and good morning and good evening to you, sir. Good morning, uh, Saya and uh, Erin. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me to, to this uh, podcast. Yeah, just uh, I think you, you uh, as you said uh, uh, initially, I think 5G is, uh, uh, is a, a new buzzword. You know, wherever you see, uh, it's, uh, it's catching a lot of uh, attention. So, and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping uh, that we can, we can talk about uh, some of the background, what has, what's been happening. In, in the telecom industry and how 5G is going to be completely changing uh, the lives of uh, people around the globe. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to be uh, 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 talking to you guys. That's exciting. Well, that is exactly it. So you, you've heard me, obviously, from our, our work together in the past. I'm familiar with 5G, obviously, but I, I'd imagine many people who are listening are aware of it perhaps don't fully understand what is the hype around 5G. Let's take it back. We've got 4G, okay? I use it to, you know, talk on the phone. I use it to, you know, now starting to stream more media. What's the big hype about 5G? What's it really going, what is it? Why do we care that 5G is coming? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think even before I, I talked about 5G, I just wanted to give a quick view on, where we got here. Uh, so maybe I can probably start quickly with 1G, first generation. I mean, it, in the last 30 to 40 years, uh, it, it's all about uh, mobile revolution. Uh, that's how I, I, would, I would like to call. So the first generation of uh, mobile or wireless network, it, it was all about like voice service, basic voice service. You know, if I can call you, if I can speak to you, uh, that's good, right? That was the 1G. The 2G added like little more uh, in terms of SMS short uh, uh, messages, uh, and and 3G added a uh, little more speed, and also like uh, the internet uh, came into play. So we were able to look at some you know, content in in uh, in the internet. Uh, video was okay, but but it was mostly a, a, a internet a first mobile broadband. I would say uh, 3G. And 4G really brought the speed that uh, we experience today. And, 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 you know, you can, you can watch, uh, uh, you know, live stream uh, movies or uh, if you want to do like FaceTime with your friends and family, all those things were possible with 4G. And also like a lot of the app-based services, you know, whether it is uh, Uber or uh, it's 
Airbnb, a lot of these things uh, came into play because of uh, 4G uh, network. And taking another step into 5G, what is 5G is all about? I mean, so far from 1G to 4G, it was all about wireless network and increasing the speeds and, and also like changing a little bit of features. I think that's, that's where it was. But 5G, obviously, it builds on top of that. So you get like more speed than 4G. Like, for example, if you're talking about uh, one gigabit uh, per second download uh, in 4G, we are talking about in 5G up to like 10 gig. Uh, so that's a, that's a pretty, pretty good uh, 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 speed increase. So if you're uh, looking at a two-hour movie uh, or a HD movie, I should say, uh, if it took uh, six minutes in, in 4G, in, um, in 5G, it'll probably take a few seconds. Uh, so that's, that's what we are talking about. And the other thing is uh, latency. So latency, when you send some requests to the service and when you get the response back, so that's what the, the latency is. In 4G, the latency was you know, somewhere close to like 50 milliseconds. And in 5G, it's um, one millisecond. That's what we are talking about. Um, so I will explain probably later on and why that is so important because there are certain use cases uh, I want to touch upon. And the other thing is uh, how do we um, uh, save energy consumption in, in 5G, I mean, uh, when I say energy consumption, I'm talking about like battery life. Some of these devices that would be connected to 5G, how do we keep uh, efficient battery life? That's another thing. And also a huge bandwidth that opens up uh, in 5G so that you can fit not just the mobile phones, because so far we have been predominantly talking about uh, mobile phones, but 5G opens up new wave uh, Things like IoT, you know, that uh, people are aware of, uh, Internet of Things, and you know, whether it's a self-driving car or uh, maybe drones, you know, all those things come into play. So 5G is is is, is all about like a life-changing event. Uh, it, it's not just uh, a speed and and uh, bandwidth that that I would call it. It's much more than that. Well, while we're recording this, we're in the middle, we're, yeah, middle of September. Can you give a it's not a far in the future thing anymore. I know there's some places that actually have it. Can you give a status of where we are with it and even like what we can expect within the next year? Absolutely. Uh, I, I think you might have seen a lot of the press releases that uh, Verizon, uh, AT&T, many of these operators are starting to roll out initial 5G services. Uh, I, I saw a, a press release uh, just a couple of days, I think, uh, Verizon is uh, going to be launching the uh, in October first, I believe. So it's a it's a, a 5G service in select cities. I think it's Los Angeles and Houston and and couple of more. And in, initial use cases, uh, it, it it evolved around like fixed wireless access. Uh, that's that's when it started. The true mobile broad broadband, like how we are using 4G, it'll take more time. But the initial use case was. Uh, fixed broadband, uh, fixed wireless. Uh, so what 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 it means is, uh, typically our homes were connected by uh, cable companies, and and you get uh, you know certain certain amounts of bandwidth, and uh, and and you know you you enjoy the different uh, video content and live streaming and whatnot. But there were not many other players in in, in our neighborhoods 
So what 5G opened up was they can actually, you know, through the radio signals, you can actually connect to the homes and you can provide a fixed wireless service. So all you need is there is no wire coming into your home. So there is some kind of like a tower somewhere and the homes, you would have a, a kind of like a setup box or, or a modem and you actually get a, a high-speed service through wireless. So that opens up like a completely a new business for uh, uh, most of these operators. So that's what I think uh, it, it's been uh, rolling out uh, at least uh, uh, later part of this year. And, and next year, I think uh, the mobile handset, uh, it will take some time, right? I mean, anytime a new technology comes in, uh, you have to have certain period where the mobile handset manufacturers have to come up with uh, uh, the handset that adheres to the 5G standards. So I would say it will continue in 2019. And mostly, I think it's in 2020 is where like it's going to become much more of a, a, a you know mainstream, but it's starting to happen. And and also even globally, uh, you might have uh, seen some news that you know Telstra, Ericsson, and Intel uh, joined together, and uh, we were able to make the first ever 5G voice call. Um, so which is which was fantastic. So uh, I, I think it's 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 starting to happen, and the industry momentum is uh, uh, behind behind 5G. Uh, uh, we would see that like next few months, uh, the initial rollouts uh, in U.S. and also the continued uh, rolling out in in pockets in in 2019 and beyond. So you mentioned you mentioned something that struck me is standards. Last I was involved with the telco industry, there hasn't been or hadn't been an actual set standard for 5G. That was last year. Has that changed in the last year and a half or so? Has there been an actual formalized standard that the bodies are now kind of agreeing upon? Or are we still at that stage between VHS and beta battle, if you will? No, I think the standard is pretty much uh, here. I mean, if you would ask me probably two years back, yes, it was a little bit uh, premature, although uh, 3GPP and, and, uh, you know, all the ecosystem around it, we have been like talking about it. But but now I would say like it's uh, it's the standard is out out there. Uh, you know there may be some tweaks to it, but compared to two years back, now we have a much more of a, a standardized uh, okay. way of uh, doing it. I mean there are some operators they went ahead uh, pre-standard they wanted to deploy it, but they are also feeding that back into the standard. So so right now I would say it's uh, the standard is uh, there and and all the. Uh, handset manufacturers as well as uh, the network uh, infrastructure builders, they all will follow. Uh, you know what's uh, what's coming out of uh, that standard body. Okay, because I know there was a bit of a lull, uh, which seemed to be kind of delaying. I think adaption, right, um, or willing to make that first step or be the first people to 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 move towards five G. I think it. I think Verizon has been really at the forefront of a lot of that, right. I'm glad to hear it. finally there's getting some standard standardization in place and acknowledgement of it. I'm, I'm a non-techie person. Um, I'm my mother. She's 80 years old. I have a mobile handset. I mean, this sounds cool, but what does it mean to an average user? Will we have to change all of our handsets once 5G comes out? You know, what does that mean to the consumer space? Or is it seamless? Should this be something that 4G, 5G is, you know, backwards compatible? If you've got a 4G phone, could you 
uh, take advantage of 5G technology or do you have to get a brand new handset? Very, very good question. Uh, I mean, with any technology change, so there is a, uh, you know, you, you need to have a different head, handset because with 5G, because the frequency is totally different uh, compared to what 4G was, so you have to have a new handset. And uh, maybe the initial handsets probably would be, I'm guessing, like it might be expensive. But over the years, uh, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be okay. The market will drive it down. But that's the case with any new technology introduction. Uh, but, but I think uh, f- uh, for consumers, they will clearly see a, a difference in terms of uh, the new services that uh, they can start using. You know, I, the one thing I, uh, I can clearly see is augmented reality is uh, one of the use cases uh, people always talk about because it requires like really, really low latency. So if people are like uh, uh, using uh, anything related to that, so they will see a much better improvement. And also from a content perspective and, and streaming and uh, also if, People are like uh, doing some online gaming, so you they will see a, a, a tremendous, tremendous improvement. But but I think it's uh, much more than just the consumer because I talked about uh, IoT. Uh, you know, there was a, a Gartner uh, a report uh, that actually said that in 2016 it was something around I, I believe like 20. 2017 or 2018, it was 8.5 billion things that were connected. So when I say things, it's not consumers, right? It's just some kind of like a machine, some devices that are connected, and which actually uh, was up from 2016, almost like 30% or so. And and there are some analysts predict that uh, that's really going to grow. And probably by 2020, it'll be like 20 billion uh, devices uh, that uh, gets connected. And and that's going to grow. So when I say things are getting connected, we are talking about like even sensors. You know, maybe you want to monitor a water flow or a water quality. Uh, so there are some sensors that get connected. That's one thing. The other thing is self-driving cars, uh, even though, I mean, you might have seen some, you know, videos or maybe you might have seen some vehicles in California and some parts of the country uh, driving automatically. And uh, that'll come. Eventually, that'll come. But uh, to do that, you need a network which provides like really low latency because as you are, as the car is driving, car has to communicate with uh, other cars on different lanes or maybe when it's approaching the intersection, it has to make like split-second decisions. So unless you have really, really low latency that, uh, you know, 5G provides, uh, it, it's going to be uh, uh, very, very hard. And and also like the drones is a, a big thing. They, uh, we, we have seen like Amazon and some of these companies trying to deliver packages through drones. But there are also like some use cases where the humans used to climb up. Uh, you can actually send drones instead of humans. Because uh, one of the examples I would say is when you have like two towers, cell towers, uh, and you want to do a line up site, I mean, people really used to climb up and, you know, look at, uh, you know, how the line up site is. But now you can actually send the drone up there and, and see how uh, the line up, line up site would be. So a lot of these use cases, so it's not just about consumers, but also about how 
we can uh, improve the machine-to-machine communications, uh, whether it is uh, autonomous vehicle or maybe in industrial uh, use cases where there are a lot of manufacturing that can be controlled using these 5G technology. I mean, there's another thing I just came to my mind was like remote surgery, you know, which requires really, really low latency. So all these things uh, will will come into play, you know, when we when we talk about 5G. I mean, you you're, you just threw down a bunch of potential use cases in a enterprise application, non-consumer, right? So we're talking about how this is really going to change industries. This is not just a convenience of speed, as you know we talked about earlier. I'm really fascinated. I kind of want to hone in a little bit more on these applications that you're talking about, these use cases for the enterprise space. So if I understand you correctly then, so let's use drones because drones is a sexy thing and topic, right? I tend to think of drones in two different applications, one of which uh, military, where they are going to change the way we look at warfare. Uh, and two is, you, you mentioned Amazon. The I guess I should say three. Amazon, the application of using drones as a delivery mechanism, which would disrupt you know, the existing transportation industry as we know it, because they are the our primary source of delivering goods. The third one is, uh, drones for just pure fun usage amongst uh, consumers, maybe maybe their neighbor delivery of sugar or some something silly like that. This is really interesting to me. So are you saying that with 5G, we're going to have the ability to enable machines to talk to other machines in a way that it would actually limit the amount of human interaction to do whatever job we're intending it to do from an enterprise standpoint? Are you saying that drone, like just applying drones here, I guess, is it has the ability with 5G to enable a transformation of the military, the transportation industry, as well as the standard consumer usage? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, how yeah, absolutely. And- absolutely. I, yeah, I think uh, one of the, you, you touched upon uh, good uh, uh, cases where the drone is being used, but so far, I think it was mainly used in um, some storm impact zones. I mean, I mean, last year, I think there were like a bunch of hurricanes where uh, a lot of the homes uh, were damaged. And, and the insurance industry really used that to, to full extent. Uh, because if you want to uh, send humans and, and try to assess the impact of uh, what happened, the damages, uh, you know, it's, it's going to take some time. Uh, but, but sending uh, drones and looking at, like, what was the damage and, and, and how do you assess? And the other thing is, you know, drones can actually capture a lot of these uh, high-quality images of these impacts and, and feed that back into the, the cloud, right? I mean, that requires you a higher bandwidth and, and in some cases, uh, low latency, so that's that's one of the clear use cases uh, that that's being used. Uh, I can see, but uh, going forward, there are certain things we may have not even thought of uh, using using drones. Uh, I know, like uh, my my son has a, a toy drone, which he sends it up and he tries to record uh, what's going on in our backyard. But uh, but it's uh, it's much more than that. Uh, you know, delivering packages uh, that Amazon was trialing. That's uh, that's one thing. And uh, also, there are many cases that the enterprises themselves actually can look at from an, uh, from an industrial perspective, if they want to isolate certain falls, or if they want to look at how things are happening in, in the production line. So there are cases that you can actually send the drone instead of uh, 
letting people climb uh, up and down. So many cases, and 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 there are certain things that we may have not even thought about, right? One one example, I you know, I'm, I'm thinking is uh, when iPhone came out, the whole iTunes, uh, uh, the app platform. I mean, the platform was there, but we haven't really thought uh, what it could actually bring out in terms of like new app capability. I didn't realize that you know I would be using iPhone for uh, uh, finding out like how many steps I have taken, right? So. So the way I'm looking at this, the 5G provides the platform and, and drone is just one application. Right. And, you know, there, there could be like multiple other use cases uh, that might uh, come out, uh, you know, as we go. I think what's so intriguing about this is that, like, I feel we've just advances have been made even just in the past few years that stuff that's coming out stuff that's available to the average consumer you know yet we're sitting on this as soon as 5g comes out there's a lot of things that are being held back because it doesn't have the the capability quite yet and now as 5g comes out we're going to see another explosion in all of this data all of this information uh connections that we we currently can't make right now so this is going yeah. along with what you're talking about, Aaron, is regarding connections. And this is where I get a little techie techie here. As 5G rolls out and you're going to get a lot of different types of data that is going to be run now on this network that wasn't on before. Again, leveraging that uh, machine to machine you know, connectivity, for example. Okay. One of the things I'm concerned about is there's going to have to be some... Okay, let me try this again. The security aspect of it, okay? There's going to be a lot of data bouncing back and forth, right? And, and and whatever network is being leveraged, and in your case, we're talking about the providers and the technology underpinning it, There's gonna where is it going to be? I mean, is it going to be stored in the cloud? I mean, help me understand how all this is being transmitted and how is this being organized? Because I'm a little confused how 5G is going to complicate, you know, leveraging wireless technology in, in a much more broader sense than just standard mobile technology, you know, for phone communication. Can you help me understand where cloud is going to help enable 5G, simplify it, help secure it? Where do you see that going, Swami? Because I know you have an opinion on this and you can provide some guidance. Yeah, so uh, I think cloud is a really, really integral part of uh, the whole 5G. I mean, uh, you know, in, in, in earlier on, I, I said, like, you know, 5G is not just about wireless technology. It, it's completely a whole new ecosystem, a uh, different way of thinking. So cloud uh, is, is, is going to be behind the 5G. Uh, so because you have the low latency and higher bandwidth, a lot of these things that uh, you require uh, from, from data perspective and processing perspective, it all gets pushed back into the cloud. So you are really not storing anything, you know, locally. Uh, so that's, that's uh, one good thing. And, and there's also, at the same time, we are talking about, for certain use cases, pushing certain types of uh, data storage and as well as uh, processing to the edge also. So when I talk about edge, edge is actually the location really close to the consumers or whatever the, um, the application uh, that's sitting pretty close to the edge. You know, when the edge is uh, either close to uh, where uh, the cell towers or the local kind of like a, um, office, central office type of uh, uh, facilities. And, and why that is important is we are talking about uh, augmented reality application, virtual reality applications, and also like autonomous vehicle driving. 
So if you have to make certain decisions in split seconds, you don't really want to be sending all these words and to the cloud and, and, and come back, right? So that's where I think the cloud, as we know, will try to change a little bit uh, to support all these new use cases in ways that uh, we haven't seen before. So uh, moving, moving these towards the edge uh, would, would certainly help. And, and also, there are many uh, uh, initiatives that's happening on uh, how, to, how to achieve that. Uh, I know like uh, from purely from an IT perspective, Amazon is uh, looking into some of the edge uh, uh, processing. But uh, uh, the one thing I, I sense is Amazon acquired uh, Whole Foods. And, and you have seen uh, probably in uh, a lot of the press releases that, that one of the reasons that uh, they have that is you, they can use Whole Foods for certain types of like edge compute. But if you look at mobile operators, such as like AT&T or Verizon, they are really close to the con- uh, consumers because when we are talking on the phone, so I'm really close to probably within like a mile or two to a cell tower, right? So, so that's really close to the consumer. So how can we utilize that closeness in terms of providing a fantastic experience to the consumer, I think that's going to be a game changer. So edge computing, that's, uh, you know, something to watch for, uh, you know, in, in, in the coming months. Can I ask you about, so we talked about what C was asking about concerns. Are there any, you know, all this stuff is great about all this, all the new stuff that's going to be available to us. Are there any other concerns or things people are worried about, things we have to consider with the rollout of 5G? I think 5G opens up, I mean, a lot of these things are uh, going to cloud and a lot of the devices are getting connected, uh, which were not connected before. So obviously the question arises is, okay, what about security? I think that's something yeah. like, uh, yeah, I think you, you, you asked about. I think that's a very valid concern. I, I don't know if you, are, uh, if you have watched a YouTube video. Uh, there were, uh, there was a guy, uh, driving a Jeep Cherokee on a highway, uh, and I think he was going in 60 or 70 miles per hour. There were two hackers actually logged into uh, Jeep Cherokee and stopped the car in the middle of the highway. Just imagine, I mean, it's the middle of the highway, you're going in 60 to 75 miles per hour, and somebody stops your car. So, uh, of course, you know, I think they were trying to test it out, but at least it gives you uh, some kind of like an insight into what's possible because all these cars are being connected, your devices are being connected, uh, you know, you may have some wearables uh, on your body which monitors your health, you know, whatnot. So just imagine like if somebody hacks into the car or some of these devices, they get uh, the information pulled out and also like they can inflict some damages too, right? So that's a really a scary thing. But as an industry, we are working towards you know, how we can uh, uh, do it. There are certain standards that are uh, being uh, rolled out and uh, you know, which, which, will, which will help us uh, along the way. But, but right now, I would say that uh, even though it's a concern, but the uh, industry is definitely uh, trying to address it. And, and mobile networks so far, it's been like uh, much more uh, controlled and, and secured. Uh, and, and it will continue to be that way. Uh, there may be certain things that we may have to add uh, as an industry, but uh, overall, I think uh, we, we should be okay. I watched this YouTube video yesterday. <clears throat> it's been on my mind. With what we're talking about with IoT, the Internet of Things, 
Um, you know, the fact that the, the whole concept of connected car, I mean, all of this is coming, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, virtual reality, those are all nice little buzzwords. 5G is going to enable all of those nice little buzzwords, right? What this seems like to me is we're at that forefront, we're at that generation that's going to embrace this and going to have to learn how we execute on it, um, how we're going to best see our society leverage this type of technology. So there's this word I heard last night. Perhaps I'm in watching one too many tinfoil YouTube videos, but do you think 5G is that first step towards singularity? And I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the concept of singularity, Aaron. Have you heard of it? Yes, I've heard of it. All right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I, you might have heard of singularity. I, do you think 5G is going to be the start of that where now you've got all these machines talking to each other? Human interaction is secondary. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of the negative here, <laughs> you know, do you think I'm being extreme? I, I, I know, I know. I mean, I mean, there are different thoughts to it. There are, I have seen like there are some people say that, oh, man, I mean, if well, we have uh, the technologies uh, going to do everything for us, you know, what would we do? You know, so maybe we'll just lie in the beach and we have fun and, you know, we just be a uh, human as we are supposed to be, right? Uh, uh, but but you know, I've seen like different arguments, uh, 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 you know, between uh, different folks. But I would say that um, you know, at least uh, 5G, when we start with it, uh, it'll it'll definitely be a, a game changer and and also like a life changing event. I would say one of the things I, I recently read, uh, um, I think there was an executive from uh, Bryson. He actually said uh, 5, 5G would uh, actually enable almost $12, 12 trillion dollars um, uh, worth of uh, global um, economic output. And also it would actually uh, influence or support 22 million jobs worldwide by 2035 or so. Uh, so we are really talking about some, you know, game-changing, life-changing event down the road. You know, maybe after some time, you know, maybe fifty years later, uh, who knows? You know, things might be uh, uh, totally different. You know, since since you talked about like uh, how it will completely change once the machines take over, one thing uh, comes to my mind was I read an article I think uh, by some folks in SMU. Uh, it was it was a beautifully written. Uh, it was about how things have changed uh, the way we work uh, in the last uh, century or so. So when we started, like maybe early part of the century, uh, last century, uh, it was more about agricultural economy. That's how it was, uh, you know, agrarian age uh, that the, these kids used to call. So it was all about, you know, if you have strength uh, or muscle, right? So that's what was uh, really required. Like, you know, whether you are uh, uh, fishing or, uh, you know, you are moving some materials, agricultural. So that's that's where, like, we started. And then we came into more of an industrial age. Uh, you know, that's where the more about, uh, you know, how do we uh, look at the bookkeepers or uh, librarians, you know, those kind of folks. And also, like, you know, people who work in the factories. And then we got into information age, uh, which was more on, you know, how do we use uh, computer programmers to do certain stuff, maybe insurance writers. And then and then ultimately, uh, where we are going is what you said, Saya, is, uh, or more about like imagination age, you know, who is creative, 
whether a doctor designer or an architect you know those are the guys uh, are are really like uh, shaping up uh, what we think what kind of like a products that uh, that's going to come out and and so even though it's it's kind of like similar to people talked about like fourth industrial revolution but i like this uh, particular article you know how we started with agricultural age industrial age information age and imagination age we are getting into that imagination age where you know the the machines can think much better than uh, humans and and it's coming it's because you know the processing power is uh, improved over the years and also how much we pay for processing is is coming down and also the storage is becoming like really cheaper so eventually we'll get there uh, at some point uh, but but at least for now i'm i'm looking positive things how uh, it can influence us and uh, better our lives that's how i think i mean it is it is a fascinating it's fascinating to think about i do believe and i agree with you. i think 5g is a bit of a game changer uh, it is going to definitely evolve our our generation and the generation after how they view um how they interact with technology uh, they're far more open and far more welcoming to to use technology to their benefit i think in in 50 years from now aaron i think you our generation is going to be one of those like you know grandma grandpa's first learning the computer right i mean i half the applications nowadays i don't even know what i'm doing right but you said it swami i mean biggest things we see is autonomous cars you know one thing we didn't talk about by the way before my add gets me again is smart cities we didn't talk about that and i think that's the other area where 5g is really going to evolve how we look at cities today city centers and how we uh, look at planning communities in the future i think that's another neat application and use case uh, that 5G is going to help enable change for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think smart cities is a big big use case. I think a couple of things uh, come to my mind was uh, obviously the traffic management is one thing, right? You know, how do you make sure that you can you can decongest the traffic and 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 also like uh, how do you uh, reduce uh, pollution, you know, so that it, it is much more sustainable. I know that there are some cities uh, who are partnering with car manufacturers where they can actually send some kind of like a signals to the cars about the traffic light patterns so that the car doesn't need to come so fast and then stop but rather they can actually be in tune with those signals sending from the city admins administrators um and and it it automatically slows it down and then uh, it it maintains the flow of traffic uh, so that's that's one thing like you know i uh, i thought like it was uh, pretty cool and and the other things is um, smart uh, building how that energy consumption uh, is going to be because all these things have to be connected i mean there are certain cases it's already connected but how much each of those buildings consume and there are cases where you don't want you want to control the consumption using those sensors iot devices you can actually make sure that uh, the energy consumption is at the optimal level so that it's good for globe you know for for me i mean i i am i'm really personally associated to some of these concepts and sustainability uh, because when when i grew up so i grew up uh, in a place uh, like it was uh, uh you know a little bit uh, scarce and and 
And also, even when we get electricity, you know, our parents always used to say that, hey, uh, you, if something you, you are using, the light is on. Uh, when you're going out, you got to switch it off. You can't use it for like more uh, than like two hours or something like that, right? I mean, they said that uh, for maybe for a couple of reasons. One is uh, they want to save money uh, because, of, you know, for them, I think it was expensive for uh, using uh, electricity. Also, uh, it was more about uh, how, why do you waste? If you don't need it, why do you waste? I mean, those, those two are the concepts. But now I'm, you know, after so many years, I'm thinking about it. A lot of these smart cities, if you go to some of the conferences, what they are talking about is what I did uh, probably like 30, 40 years back. Uh, and and with, with the technology twist, you know, we are saying instead of my parents telling me and, and saying that, hey, you need to switch it off, we are talking about all the IoT devices monitoring the usage flow and uh, automatically adjusting, you know, which is uh, on, which is off and uh, making sure that, you know, uh, the city as a whole, the community as a whole, we are doing the right thing. And also uh, you're you're consuming less as well as uh, saving costs and also uh, being much more sustainable. So that's uh, that's a pretty good uh, use case, uh, uh, you know, which you brought out. I knew it was something that was dear to your heart. I want to make sure that we pointed that out as well, because I do think about uh, the fact that you said job opportunities by what, 2035, there should be how many more business or uh, job opportunities? You gave yeah, us it was 20, 20, 20 million jobs uh, worldwide um, by That's 2035. That's- that is mind-boggling to me uh, that, that, that there's that much opportunity, which I think, again, because we are shifting towards that technology age, it, it, I can't tell how important it is for the next generation to understand how com- important computer science, computer engineering, uh, you know, the STEM studies are important for the next generation. And I'm not, not well, I might, I have a little arts degree, but STEM is so imperative, especially well, now G's coming out. Because too, with that, with those jobs that are increased, there, there will be jobs taken away, right? I mean, the, the basics, we won't need drivers as much. We won't need delivery people. We won't need, you know, your case by case, there will be jobs created, but like your, to your points, yeah, you've got to, you're going to need to know the tech side of things. I mean, STEM is so critically important. I, I think any country that doesn't develop a strong STEM program, and this might be another podcast, quite frankly, <laughs> but unless we can create a yeah. very solid STEM program, I think countries that are not doing that are going to start lagging from here on out. It just sounds like that to me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's, that's going to be very critical uh, because the skill set that, that would be needed to support this new economy uh, that 5G creates and all these technologies, uh, it's, it's different. So unless you know uh, the fundamentals uh, and coming from a STEM background, uh, it's, it's going to be a, a bit of a challenging uh, because one one thing um, I was uh, came to my mind was I was talking to my son and he was asking me about about getting yeah you know when you are sixteen I think you know you should be able to drive you and suddenly like you know, he was saying well I don't think I need to drive dad because you know cars will be driving automatically and and by the way I'm I want to use Uber but Uber once uh, they go with like an autonomous vehicle and uh, then I don't believe uh, is it you know so. 
I'm like, wow, okay, so the thinking is completely different. And, and uh, as you said, uh, it actually disrupts like so many industries and, you know, you don't really need uh, delivery people. Once things, let's say, they, if you look at the cars and autonomous driving, uh, if everything is going perfect, what happens to the insurance industry? So there'll be like a lot of disruption there too, right? So all these things uh, definitely come into play. And and our next generation, uh, it, uh, they are growing up with iPhones and, and tablets, right? So uh, and and complete technology for them, everything is click off a button. So so let's see, let's see how it how it, how it evolves. Uh, but but I'm I'm certainly. Uh, optimistic, uh, even though there is going to be like disruptions in certain areas, it would uh, open up uh, multiple other opportunities too. Uh, you know, how would you, uh, if you want to pack a use case and deliver a complaint service to consumers, somebody has to be thinking through in behind the scenes. That's where like STEM comes into play. I have seen like, the new learning centers popping up uh, in, in Dallas area and also in across the country. Swami, I appreciate your time. Is there anything with Erickson or with yourself that you'd like to highlight um, that we can refer anyone that's been listening to learn more about you or what Erickson's doing? Yeah, so um, it has like a great, great uh, potential. Uh, you know, one, one thing I would, uh, I would say is, it's just a quick uh, story uh, of, uh, of a small boy actually going to a balloon vendor and uh, so balloon vendor has like multiple balloons and he is asking that balloon vendor, hey, uh, is the red balloon going to fly high? Uh, and uh, the balloon vendor says yes. And then uh, he asks, is the green balloon going to fly high? And the vendor says yes. And then he asks, uh, is the yellow balloon going to fly high? He says yes. And after some time, the vendor stops uh, the boy and says that, hey, it's not what what's the color of the balloon that makes it fly high, but it's actually what's inside the balloon that makes it fly high. So the, when I talk about 5G, 5G, think of that as what's going to be inside of everything and consider that as a, a, a secret sauce that's going to uh, make the, go- uh, the cars drive themselves uh, whether you are going to do a traffic control through cloud connectivity and, and some application which requires uh, uh, immediate responses. So, you know, the potential is so much and possibilities are uh, limitless. So, you know, B5G, you know, that's what uh, we, we like to say uh, from from recent perspective. So uh, it, it's coming and, and uh, you know, we all uh, have to have to be ready. I absolutely love that balloon analogy. I think you nailed it right there is where where you are, where you're seeing it. You are you are in essence saying that you're the secret sauce, right, Swami? I get it now. <laughs> yeah. So we really appreciate your time and uh I absolutely would love to continue having the conversation with you. So uh if you've got some time available, I know you're super busy right now. We'd love to have you back. Um for anyone that would love to get a hold of Swami, we'll go ahead and put that in our meeting notes. Uh, but you can find Swami Vasudevan at Erickson. Uh, you can find him. You can Google him as well. We can send some links out uh, on his blogs talking about the future digital blog uh, within Erickson. So, Swami, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, I am so excited to see what you, you guys uh, and your head come up, come up with. Thank you. 
Thank you, Swami. Thank you. Thank you, Sayan. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate it.